If you can read this, my chicken scratch handwriting, this is our subject today. If you can't read this, it's because you're listening, not watching. The podcast is live on YouTube now. A round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back. This podcast is dedicated, always will be, to the golf learning curve. You get to see the good, the bad, and the ugly from my experience on the lesson tee. I teach golf every day. I've been doing that for 10 years. It's a lot of golf lessons. I've seen a lot, done a lot, still learning, but I don't want you to go through the same lumps I have. My name is Tim Connor. I'm a golf coach. That's all I do. Today, we're talking about controversial golf advice, stuff that you hear, you see, you read, the stuff that might not work. The stuff you might hear from your friends, old John in your group. Hey, buddy, why don't you keep your head down? Hey, buddy, why don't you not bend your left arm? Hey, buddy, why don't you shut up? Golf advice, fixing your golf swing is nearly impossible to do on the golf course. So if you can separate playing golf from practicing golf, that's a good thing. Now you can also play and practice golf, meaning you go out onto the golf course just as a dedicated practice round. That's a thing. That's a good thing to do. But if you're out there trying to play your best and you're taking advice from your golf friends, you're on the road to, uh, it's not good. It's not good. We don't want to be tinkering while trying to play our best. But that's not what I'm here to talk about today. Today I want to talk about controversial golf advice. You know, the stuff you might hear or read or whatever controversial stuff, stuff that doesn't work like it might be advertised. Controversial piece of advice, number one, keep your head down. Keeping your head down in golf is no bueno. It's not a good thing. And that advice, when translated by many, my little caveat is this is how it gets translated by most, is most people when given the advice to keep their head down, they keep their head down far too long. And what it results in is it results in them not really turning through the shot because their head is buried for too long. Their chin is buried. I've seen, in all the golf lessons I've ever given, I've seen many people that keep their head down too long. I can't think of one off the top of my head that didn't keep their head down long enough. Moral of that story is keeping your head down is something you will do naturally. You'll do it naturally. It doesn't require active thought. It doesn't require conscious thought. If I'm teaching a beginner and I want that beginner to experience success with their contact, what I'll tell them is just do your best to scrape the ground in front of the ball. Make practice swings and scrape the grass in front of the golf ball. All it takes is a light brush of the grass. And what we're really decoding here, talking about is low point control. So they're starting to develop some low point control, but that doesn't require keeping their head down. All right, now I've dug in deep on low point control before. There's definitely other podcasts talking about that. I don't wanna dive too deep today. I wanna talk more about the stuff that you really wanna avoid listening to or the stuff that's not gonna give you the highest return on your time. Teaching golf, practicing golf, playing golf, to me, so much of it is return on your time. So if you're practicing, are you practicing the things that will give you the highest return on your time? So when you hear me say that something might not be effective, it doesn't mean it can't work for some people. It just means it's less likely to work, or maybe you're gonna have to take a lot longer to get to where you could be if you did it another way. Keep that in the back of your brain as we're, doing through the, as we're going through this. This is a really fun one, and it's commonly I would say it's one of the more popular lessons given from teaching pros. Changing your grip will fix your slice. Strengthening your grip will fix your slice. There's some truth to that, but it's many layers to this. Number one, your grip is primary for you controlling the club face. I want you to understand that your hands are your connection to the club. It's very important you are able to be robotic with your grip, and you also have a grip that's together not spread apart. I don't want your hands any more separated than they need to be. We want our hands to work together as one. 
That's the function of the overlap and the interlock. It's very important to get our hands cinched together so they can operate together and be on the same team. Now, when somebody tells you or a golf pro tells you that your grip will fix your slice, sometimes it will, and sometimes that's good advice. Often, it's not fixing the root problem. And the root problem for most of you that slice the golf ball isn't your grip. It's the fact that you've never learned to twist the grip to close the club face. I compare twisting the grip to taking a screwdriver and turning it counterclockwise with your lead hand for a right-handed player. So if you take your left hand, you put it out, you twist it counterclockwise, that's the motion that's really in charge of closing your club face. Twisting your grip to the right or strengthening it for a right-handed player allows you more potential to have twist, but it doesn't mean it will happen. And oftentimes it won't happen. So I want you to separate actually is the problem versus what could contribute to fixing it. Now I'm not ruling this out as always bad advice. Sometimes you do need a stronger grip. Sometimes a stronger grip is more functional and sometimes that is the right advice. But often it's handed out like it's this mystery pill or not a mystery pill, a magic pill that's just gonna up and fix your golf swing. Your golf swing never gets up and fixed. It takes hard work, it takes understanding, it takes repetition, it takes working smart, plan your work, work your plan, don't guess, and um, don't think that a strong grip is necessarily your answer, all right? As a rule of thumb, I like the creases on your hand, your crease here, I like those pointed towards the trail shoulder on both your lead hand and your trail hand, your right hand and your left hand. I like your hands together as much as possible so we are not fighting the hands, all right? Generally speaking, the grip should be more on your fingertips than like running this way, than in the deep into the fingers running like perpendicular to your hand. Don't wanna dive too deep today. Have your grip in a good place and once you're gripping in a good place, learn to close that club face the right way, which is using your lead hand to rotate the grip to the left for a right-handed player. If you're a lefty, you're smart, you can flip-flop that, and it's the same deal. That is the, that's the magic pill. I shouldn't call it the magic pill, that's the magic skill. That's the skill you need to develop to have awareness for your club face and club face control, both of which are long-term deals where Learning to use your club face is like the longest skill you will work on with a game of golf. You will work on it from ages five to 100. Day to day, it will change slightly. But mastery of your club face is mastery of golf. Nobody ever gets it just right and it will vary day to day. But the better we get at keeping that club face square through the hitting zone, the better our dispersion patterns will be and the more skill we'll have with this game. You should turn, not slide. Meaning your, your body should twist not move laterally. I know you've heard that somewhere, or if you've been down the rabbit hole, you've heard it in a YouTube golf lesson, or you've heard it. And this is where information can be interpreted differently. Sometimes this could be good advice to give somebody that slides too much, all right? But understanding how it actually happens is important. And you should understand that the advice you give is maybe we're overdoing that to accomplish something. So when you say you should turn, not slide, that would be, as, Dw as Dwight from The Office would say, that would be false. You need to be both turning and sliding in the golf swing. Both of those things are very important. Sliding, especially with your lower body to start your downswing, having a little bit of lateral slide 
is the thing that puts your center of gravity in front of the golf ball so you can strike the golf ball. It's the thing that sets your forward motion happening. It would be impossible to shift your weight without sliding. So they both happen together. To understand this a little bit, from the top of the golf swing, the first thing that should happen is a little bit of a lateral slide and then the hips really turn. On average, the hips will slide about three to four inches forward in the downswing. Some players do it a little more, some players do it a little less. It's one of these things that kind of understanding it is important and to know that there's a little bit of variation from what is acceptable. But if you're just turning without sliding, your center of mass or your weight will start to actually be more on your trail foot than your lead foot, <laughs> right? Now, I know this sounds like we're going down a rabbit hole here, but hang with me. If your body just turns, we're putting more weight towards our rear foot and we're not getting the weight shift we would want to have an ideal weight shift in golf. So a combination of sliding and turning is ideal. We don't want one too much without the other. We want a little bit of each. Actually, we want a little bit of slide and a lot of turn, generally speaking. From a purely advice perspective, it's just I wanted you to understand that sometimes there's a difference between what people say and what they want you to do. And sometimes there's feeling real. So you feel one thing to accomplish another. But just generically speaking, when you give the advice, you should turn, not slide. That's false. We need a little bit of both. And uh, it's important in the golf swing to set the forward momentum and get the weight working towards that front foot. Now, as a little bonus for you here, a little bonus for hanging around till the end, the advice that shallowing the golf club will fix everything. Shallowing the golf club is your road to success. Shallowing the golf club is what you need to play better golf. There might be truth to that. And the term shallowing is very vague. Are you talking about shallowing from the front view, facing me as you would be looking at me in the camera, or the side view? I, which one are you talking about? Because both can mean different things, and the swing plane and swing path is three-dimensional. I like the term swinging on plane better than shallowing the golf club. Now, generally speaking, if your swing plane is too steep and you shallow it, it will put you on a better path to hitting the golf ball better. But some players don't need to shallow it. Some players need to be steeper, steeper, shallower. And then I just wish when that word was thrown around, it was used in a way that was more descriptive. Shallowing it from the side view is different from shallowing it in the front view. Shallowing it in the front view would mean less angle of attack into the back of the ball. Shallowing it from the side view would typically mean swinging more inside out. So as a bonus, I don't want to tell you that this is good or bad advice. I just want you to understand it can be a little bit vague and it's not the blanket answer for everyone to fix their golf swing. It's a term that's become very popular. I get it. Marketing's marketing. You got to say stuff. You want to sound cool. Things click. Things stick. In the 90s, it was something different. Remember the term X factor if you've been around for a while. There's all sorts of golf jargon thrown around over the years. But the golf swing is timeless, friends, folks. Good golf swings have been good golf swings since the beginning of time. What we want to look at is the similarities between what good golfers do, how do they get there, how do they use the club as a tool, how do they create predictability in their ball flight, how do they hit the ground in front of the ball, how do they hit the center of the club face, what are the pieces that contribute to that, how do they have a weight shift, so many questions. That's what makes golf fun. It's a deep rabbit hole, friends. Anyway, wherever you're listening or watching, subscribe. Leave this thing a review or a comment. Let me know what you'd like to see on the next episode. Reach out to me anytime on my socials. I love to know what you don't know, what you'd like to know more about. And I'll catch you back here, same time, same place, next week. 
He's crazy. <laughs> 